Hail to the Pod is brought to you by Game Time, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Ticket prices drop right before the game starts, and because Game Time tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, they are able to show you the best last-minute deals, and they have prices up to 60% off. So with Game Time, you can buy your tickets in just two taps. You know what? I wish I could do everything in two taps. I wish I could clean my house. I wish I could wash my car. I wish I could answer all my emails in two taps. But just two taps is all you got. That's what you get with Game Time. The Game Time app is simple, quick, and easy to navigate. Download the Game Time app in the Google Play or App Store and score last-minute deals on tickets up to 60% off. Welcome to Hail to the Pod. Now that we're done taking our selfies, the Redskins have finally won a game at home. It seems like I was five years old the last time that happened. I'm Aaron Hawksworth, D'Angelo Hall. What's up? How are you? What's going on, man? <laughs> we're still celebrating. I felt like the Redskins won the Super Bowl on Sunday. We also have Ben Standing of The Athletic with us. What's up, Ben? Aaron, the last 24 hours, it felt like a year, but uh, I'm doing all right. <laughs> Well, hopefully we can spice up your day here on this podcast. So, Ben, you were at the game. Um, I First of all, I want to start off, I am just happy for the fans, the yeah. ones that have still been going to FedEx Field after that. You know, sometimes I get caught up in things like, hey, this now affects the, the draft position, or boy, you know, it really was kind of an ugly win and all that, and you forget when you were a fan – that like, hey, your team winning made you know made you know you sleep better that night, made your Monday better, and so you know I'm glad for those people. Bigger picture, yeah, there's still a lot of work to be done, and yeah. I don't think for me it's a, one of those wins where you're going, all right, this is sort of step in the right direction. Even though good good for Dwayne Haskins at the end of the game to figure out how to how to put together a couple drives to get the win. So yeah, kudos to the fans. Good for Haskins on that one front, but uh, other than that. You know, I, I, it's still a lot of the same issues we've seen throughout the year. Yeah. T-Hall, what were your thoughts? I'm just happy this team got a win. Um, you know, I was actually going to follow up with Ben and ask him a question. Ben, with a team like this, you know, you know, everyone's always critiquing Dwayne Haskins. And, you know, when I when I sit back and watch this offense, it's so many other glaring issues. Um, it's not like we're throwing this kid on – uh, 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 you know, the Cleveland Browns and he's surrounded by the midst, uh, you know, uh, amount of talent. You know, he, he hasn't been protected. I felt like I felt like, you know, the speech last week was a plea directly to that old line. And I felt like that old line was kind of looking back like, dude, you don't even know the playbook and you got a nerd to be trying to talk to me about what, you know, what we're doing. Um, so I kind of viewed that a little bit different. But my question to you, Ben, is, I know everyone wants Dwayne Haskins to be this this finished product, but does people understand that this dude played 12 games in college and so it's going to be a big learning curve? 
I, I suspect a lot of people don't. I, I don't know if you're familiar with this uh, bit from an old Jerry Seinfeld routine. He said that basically, in a lot of cases, sports is about rooting for laundry. That you're, you're in many ways, you're often just like you're, you're cheering for or against the uniform. It doesn't. You don't even. A lot of people don't even know who's out there, what's going on. You're, you like this uniform, you don't like this team, whatever it is. And I think with a lot of fans, th- somebody is dressed in a Redskins uniform. They don't know that the person who's technically playing tight end isn't even in the ballpark of what what a Jordan Reed or even a Vernon Davis could do. That yes, they maybe know that Trent Williams isn't there, but they, do they appreciate the difference at left tackle between what you would have with a dominant player like Trent Williams versus what you have with a Donald Penn, who's you know done a reasonable job, but he's not Trent Williams. Not to mention at receiver, other than Terry McLaurin, they don't have um, you know a lot a lot of proven pieces right now and so on. And I, I don't think that people totally appreciate that. It's the one thing I think that I, I give, I do give Dwayne Haskins a pass on. Absolutely. Uh, because I mean, look at tight end, they've even stopped trying to, to go with two yeah. tight ends. Tony Bergstrom three games in a row has played double digit snaps as a, as a six lineman. I mean, that, that, mm-hmm. that's, that's incredibly rare, I think. So he definitely doesn't have a lot to work with. That doesn't change the fact that he has a, a ways to go, but I agree that it does, it needs to be factored into the equation that he is definitely not working with a full deck around him. And, and, and that should be part of the conversation when we're evaluating him. Hey, Aaron, yeah. I know, I know you had kind of had, had mentioned to me about um, coach Callahan kind of going off on the team. You got any more like details on that? Cause I kind of heard a little bit about that too, but I don't know if, if my source is as accurate as, as, as probably you or Ben's. Yeah, and Ben may know some as well. I mean, I had just heard that Callahan went off like on Saturday. He was frustrated. He let his frustrations air out, and I'm not really mad at it. I mean, apparently he was yelling and raising his voice, and they responded, although it was an ugly win, as Ben had mentioned, but another person with the team texted me like that we looked ugly yesterday, and it's like, well, at some point, a win is a win also, right? I don't know. I mean, I think getting in the win column, while it is good for the fan base, at the same time, when you're looking at where they're going to stand in the draft, maybe you don't want to rack up too many wins at this point either because the difference between, like, drafting first and fifth, yeah, it's a little Yeah, different. yeah, no, it's definitely different. Um I'm a I'm a I'm a kind of point out a little bit of what I heard in in Coach Callahan's kind of going at the team, and I think I think it did help this team. I I don't know if I saw. Uh, I mean I, I mean I guess I can't say that I did see a more inspired football team. I think Coach Callahan was more so letting this team know that hey look, dude, fellas, I I, I got credibility. Um, you know, someone told me he mentioned he he's been coaching 42 uh, years and. He actually threw another word in front of years. Um, I'll let you guys figure which word he used. Um, <laughs> you know, he, he, he even stressed to this team, uh, Ben and Aaron, that he coached the bad boys in Oakland. And so he was letting this team know, like, hey, look, man, y'all around here thinking I'm just an interim coach and I can't get stuff done. I've been places, I've seen things, and I've coached a lot more talented, rougher, tougher uh, guys than the guys in this, you know, in this locker room. And so, you know, his message was like, it's, it's football. No matter what, it's football at the end of the day. 
if you want to go out there and hit somebody, damn it, you're going to go out there and hit somebody. You know, somebody asked me, well, how, how, how do you tackle? Well, tackling is really want to. It's an attitude. The reason London Fletcher was a great tackler wasn't, wasn't because he was 6'4", 6'3", 245 pounds and, and, and ran like the wind. It was because he was 5'10", maybe, uh, 250, and wanted to hit everything moving. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I love that Coach Callahan did that. I wish more people would come out and talk about what he said because I think, that, you know, it definitely lit a fire into this football team. Uh, I mean, I, I would say that, like, initially when I first heard, heard about this, and I think some people had the impression, like, look, let's be realistic. I think a, a lot of people were sort of were immediately over Bill Callahan's attempt to, uh, you know, rejigger this whole thing. He clearly wanted to go against so many things that Jay Gruden was doing. Um, he, he was acting like Jay Gruden wasn't focused on details. They weren't practicing hard enough. And maybe some of that's true, but I think a lot of people were sort of, and when I say people, I mean inside and outside, were sort of turned off by Callahan to a degree like, dude, what are you doing here? This season's kind of going the wrong way. Stop trying to like do a culture change as the interim. That said, in this case, I, it, it's not even because of the result. Like if the issue is that this guy in the authority figure told these players who are one in nine, hey, uh, smarten up, buckle up. What are you guys doing here? That doesn't seem to be that unreasonable. Like, what are you supposed to do? Just say, well, hey, pat you on the head. It's football, no big deal. Like, you've got to go out there and, like, you know, stop looking like, like a mess. They were down 34-3 to to the Jets last week. I know that the, the Jets then came back this week and, and won by that exact score. So maybe people underestimated the Jets, but people definitely weren't looking at the Redskins like this team is, is, is close no matter what. Uh, Bruce Allen might say so. I think it's reasonable that the that the interim coach would say, "Hey, what are we doing here? You guys want to try? You want to, you know, you want to put forth the needed effort to to you know to to at least give us a chance to win? Let's let's get going here." And I think you know whether that was the reason why they looked better yesterday. I think they definitely yeah, did. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the Lions are not very good on either mm-hmm. side of the ball, but yeah, yeah, no, nah, I mean you're absolutely right. A little bit of that is the Lions, man. You know, the Lions uh, aren't aren't playing that great. And, you know, anytime you turn the football over, you give the other team a greater chance to win the football game. And, you know, that's a little segue, Aaron. I want to talk about my, you know, my boy Quentin Dunbar, the way he's been playing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even Fabian Monroe, yeah. I saw go out there and make a couple plays. And that's what you need to have on this defense. Um, you know, everyone talked about it at the beginning of the season, how great this defense would be. And, you know, I think, you know, I, I felt the same way. I thought his defense would be a lot better than they, you know, than they've been this season. But the one thing um, that they did well last year was take the ball away. And that's one thing that you can't factor. You can't factor how, you know, uh, uh, how great a coverage you're going to have to make this interception or you can't factor in, um, you know, how many forced fumbles you're going to get or what guy punches the ball out. All you can really try to do is – you know, keep guys out the end zone and play fundamentally sound. And when you play fundamentally sound, the opportunity presents itself to get turnovers. And so, um, you know, this defense is definitely, uh, you know, played a lot better. And I don't know if that's because my man Jay know what not there or what, but uh, they did look a lot better to me. Was it weird seeing Jay know on the sideline? You know what was weird for me is for him to not be active and then all of a sudden something something happened and then them activate him. Uh, But I know it was weird for him because, Aaron, I've been that guy who was a starter 
and just, you know, got hurt or was coming back from an injury. And so you're out there. And obviously Josh's situation was a little bit different. But when you're out there and you're used to always playing and now you're kind of just watching, I, you know, I know it was a couple of times I saw Josh sitting on the bench kind of chewing his mouthpiece with the rest of the guys. And I just want to teach. What about that video when he went in for special teams and he just stood there? And didn't I, I know, right? I, I mean, but I, I, I just want to tell Josh, <laughs> proper etiquette when you're a backup is you have to get off the bench and let the guys who plan sit down. A couple of times I didn't see Josh do that. And I know it's hard because, like I said, I was in that same situation where I was used to always sitting at my spot on the bench. And then when I stopped, you know, then when I wasn't playing or, you know, I was a backup, uh, you know, having to get up from that spot and tell somebody else, hey, man, take this seat, uh, trying to be a good teammate. So, Josh, get your butt up, man. Let somebody else sit down. The other thing. And move when they hike the ball, too. Move when they hike the ball. Go ahead, Aaron. Well, circling back to the whole he was not active, then he's active. From the source that I talked to, he's got like 30000 a week in bonuses. So if he wasn't active, he would have lost that money apparently. So I don't know how that all came about because the story kind of broke maybe a few hours before the game. But uh, Yeah, yeah, you broke the story, Aaron. Shout out. Shout <laughs> out, Aaron you. Hawksworth, breaking, breaking stories. Thank you. Uh, and it, but I don't know if that his agent reached out or what was the turn of events, but I know the plan Saturday night was for him to be inactive. Well, didn't they say somebody got um oh uh 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 Aaron Coleman was deactivated and Aaron Coleman hadn't played a lot. He was a guy I was expecting to play a lot when they signed him. This was a dude that they wanted um to go after in free agency. Heck, they even had me recruiting the guy um <laughs> at the Air Block Courage Award. Uh me and him were up for an award, uh, you know, in Baltimore. And you know, I was recruiting him and it just came down to money. They wanted him bad, and so to have him here. Uh, you know, I kind of just knew he would be thrown in and they would kind of see what they have in him. But Aaron Coleman hadn't been playing. But, yeah, to see Josh go from inactive to active, most of the times when agents call the, you know, the team for for that, hey, they, we have a bonus. Normally the response is, man, I don't give a damn about that well, bonus. We trying, trying to win a football but game. And so benching I, someone if it's like, oh, well, we'll keep you active for your bonuses. I mean, isn't it supposed to be like a punishment, like a kick in the pants? Yeah, and I think – and that's why I think it's solely uh, rested on Aaron Colvin's availability. I don't know if he was listed on the injury report all week. I can't remember. Um, and what do you know about that? Well, the – what what I wonder about this, like the inactive part, I mean, all that seems sort of weird, and you know maybe they're just trying to be nice to, to Josh, you know, because they're putting him in a, in a little bit of a, a of a tough spot. But but here's what I, I wonder: I, I, it's absolutely reasonable, and it's the right thing to do for the Redskins to look at their younger players down the stretch. So if that means giving Fabian Moreau and, and Jimmy Moreland more work, I mean, look, if you get rid of Josh Norman in the offseason, which I think we all assume is going to happen. Who else is going to play corner? You need to know, do you have some viable pieces beyond Quentin Dunbar before you head into free agency in the draft? That's all fine. They should do that with other spots as well. But like like they're, like at running back, Darius Geis is getting, you know, he and, and Peterson are basically splitting the work. But it's one thing to give them a look. It's another thing to just flat out bench the guy. And what's interesting to me is why did they decide, forget like that Jimmy Moreland would play more. Why did Josh Norman not play at all. Because last week, I assume you guys saw this or maybe discussed it, 
uh, uh, you know, when Greg Minuski, when asked what, why does Josh Norman struggling this year, he didn't go with the standard line of, oh, look, he's banged up. We know Josh is a great player. When he's he's 100%, you know, he'll be great again. Instead, he went with, I don't know. You're going to have to ask Josh. We're putting him in. Yeah. It's not working. So clearly something something is off there, and that to me is what's interesting about this. Well, and, well, 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 I don't even know if he's checked out. He's asked to do in this defense things that he doesn't excel at. Um, coach Minuski's known that. And so to me, a sign of a good coach is putting all my players in position to have success. When I interviewed for this job, I told them what they needed to do to make Josh Norman successful. I also told them if I were the coach, I would go ahead and, and cut Josh because if we're handcuffed to playing defense the way Greg Minuski wants to play and you guys did not change coordinators and so you're the coordinator, Greg Minuski, Josh doesn't fit what Greg Minuski wants him to do. He's not going to be a lock-up and man-to-man, run all over the field, tracking guys type of corner. He's a vision, but to the sideline, press bell corner who, need, who needs to see the quarterback and receiver at the same time so he can anticipate plays, anticipate throws so he can jump routes. He has great ball skills. He's physical at the point of attack. And so when you ask a player to do things that they don't do exceptionally well, they struggle. And so to me, it's a cop-out by Greg Minuski. He's that kind of coach. He was that kind of coach for when I played. Um, and I know I'm throwing him under the bus right now is, is because i got to speak the truth. I can't just keep saying it's Josh, it's Josh, it's Josh. They knew what they had in Josh. You might not have known when you first got him, but after you had him on your roster for a year or so, then you start to know what he excels at. And maybe, maybe you should put him in position to do those things well or move on. Um, I think Josh is still a great player. Josh can go to, uh, you know, San Fran and play opposite Sherman. Them two dudes would be the illest secondary in the league because that defense fits what he does very well. Well, and just to sort of, if I could just jump in here. So, D'Angelo, this is what drives me crazy about coaches in general. If you say, ask me who's the greatest NFL head coach of all time, like it would be hard to argue Bill Belichick, but I would make a case yeah. for Joe Gibbs because he altered his game plan from the moment he got here. They went, started 0-5. He switched up what he had, recognizing the personnel that was on the field. Then later, when they had different types of teams, he switched it to to suit those talents, and and that to me is a sign of a of a true coach, not somebody that just has a system, but somebody who understands. Look, I have to adapt to my personnel. We're seeing that right now with the Ravens on some level. They oh my God! Yes, they yes. Their offense to uh, to go with this kid who's got this unique skill set. It wouldn't make sense to put Lamar Jackson in the same offense he would run with. You know, whatever Tom Brady, with Joe Flacco, yeah, with Joe Flacco, yeah. right. So yep. how can how can Greg Minuski be stubborn enough to not switch or simultaneously, how can the organization just not dump Minuski if Norman is this valuable? So before we move on, I want to pause this episode and let you know about DoorDash. Have you ever had a long day at work and you just don't feel like cooking and you're sick of leftovers and microwaving your food, frozen pizza, all that stuff? You want some real food? You want it warm? Well, DoorDash has restaurant quality food with a living room dress code. So right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of 15 bucks or more. That's when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code 
HAIL. That's $5 off your first order when you download the DoorDash app from the App Store and enter promo code HAIL. And don't forget, once again, in case you missed it the first three times, enter promo code HAIL for 5 bucks off your first order from DoorDash. Ben, Ben, let me tell you how just ridiculous some of these coaches are. Aaron, I'm going to put you in on a little game, too. Look, we had Greg Minuski here. And I, and, and I, if, I wish I had a camera so y'all could see my face because I'm, I'm pissed at just the way it went down. So we had Joe B as the defensive coordinator. All right, Greg Minuski was his, his linebacker's coach. Greg Minuski was only with uh, Joe Barry for a year. And so... You know, Greg Minuski, you know, we're all learning Joe Barry's defenses and all this, bam, bam, bam. You know, for some reason or another, they want to go another direction. And so they fire Joe Barry. You know, Greg Minuski, you know, as well as a lot of other guys interview for the job, they end up giving it to Greg Minuski. We're running what essentially is the same coverage, guys, the same coverage we ran the year before. I'm just talking about one particular play, one particular coverage. We're running this same coverage. And we had probably about a 80, 90 percent uh, 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 that the guys who were there the year before were still there. We didn't have that much turnover, um, you know, on that defense. And so wouldn't it make sense, guys, to, hey, if I'm the new D.C., I know I used to call this thing three cat. But because all 60 of you guys or, you know, on defense, 25 starters or 25 guys who play because you guys are used to calling it three dog because that's what Joe B called it. I'm going to call it three dog and just, I'm going to have to learn to change. He made everybody change the, you know, the words in this defense. And it, you know, it sounds like a simple thing, but when you're trying to program all of these plays into your head, how easy is it for you to just change one word to accommodate everyone else? The stubbornness of not doing that told me everything I needed to know. You know, the new coaches were trying to – the new coaches that just came on, Rob Ryan and um, – oh, gosh, I'm forgetting the DB's coach name. Uh, and Ray Horton, I'm sorry. So Ray Horton and Rob Ryan uh, were with – or ran a similar something that Greg Minuski ran, you know, with the Colts and other places. And they were telling Greg Minuski, like, look, what you're doing, having everyone memorize all of these words makes – absolutely zero sense. But we told him the same thing the year before. Do you think he cared about anything we said as players? Not at all. Mm. Finally, after weeks of those veteran coaches bitching about it, he changed it back to the way we said we should have played it from the get-go. But that's the stubbornness as coaches that is like, bro, we should all be on the same page. Do Coaches sometimes don't understand your success depends on my success. Yeah. If I'm successful, you're going to be successful. You're going to be up for head coaching jobs. You're going to be up for promotions. You're going to be up to make more money. Instead of trying to beat a guy into a round little peg hole and they're a square, like it just doesn't fit. And so many coaches in the National Football League, it's not just Greg Minuski. Um, that's just the one I've seen the most directly, uh, you know, I had contact with. But Numerous coaches do the same thing, guys. And, you know, I know I got to get off my soapbox here, but I mean, goodness, it just it, it just frustrates me as a player. Um, like, man, if I'm a coach, I'm going to bend a little bit. I have to bend a little bit. Why? Because if I can get you to be the best you, then that's going to damn sure make me look like the best 
coaching out there. Well, before we wrap up this episode, I have to bring it up. Selfie gate. Did you guys think it was unprofessional <laughs> of Haskins? I'm gonna let Ben. I'm gonna let Ben go first. Go first, Ben, because I, I. I'm go ahead. Do you think it was? Oh, oh boy, I'm I'm nervous with uh, <laughs> with, with the all era. No, you're entitled to your opinion, what? Ben. I ain't gonna be mad at you. I just might <laughs> mine just might be different than yours. I'm gonna still love you. <laughs> I appreciate that. So, so, so here's my thing. Like, I'm not. Let's just start with this. I'm not saying you know he should be benched. This means he's a bust. None of that stuff. I, I do think though that what I saw was significant because of who Dwayne Haskins is and all the conversation we've had about him since he's joined the Redskins and even pre-draft for those that were paying attention. Uh, it, it, yes, he still needs to work on his accuracy and in, in the pocket and things like that, and that's the bigger picture story. But a lot of the questions that have uh, surrounded Dwayne Haskins have involved his level of attention to detail, mm -hmm. his professionalism when it comes to learning uh, how to be a, a pro quarterback and things like that. We've heard at various points this year, is he doing enough homework on his own uh, with the team, whatever, to, to, be, to be ready to improve and so on. To me, watching that play was a guy – whose head was not in the game. I understand that the you know he may have thought that the game was over. All the other guys got out on the field. I've never seen that happen before. When I watch the replay of how that unfolded, I mean, we don't have to get into it all here, but like mm -hmm. he went out of his way to go to the sideline and then from there go further away and 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 go to the selfie person. Uh, by the way, the 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 picture the person whose phone it was. He told Grant Paulson, our, our, our uh, one of our athletic writers, who wrote about this. He said that the 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 person with the phone saw people on the Redskins sideline for twenty seconds or so, trying to get Haskins' attention to come back. <laughs> but even beyond all that, he then goes into the press conference after the game. By this point, clearly having learned that what happened, he says he kind of was dismissive of the idea that it was a big deal. Says he'll learn next time. And then when asked, did he take the selfie when the game was still going on, he said, no, it was over, which clearly wasn't the truth. I, I do think that this is significant because we have questions about his focus uh, when it comes to being a professional quarterback. And, and to me, this is not nothing. I do think it's significant enough because of all the questions we've had from him. It's not the end-all, be-all. But I think it's significant. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm going to give him a pass on this. I, it might be too lenient of me, but if he does something silly like this again, then I'm like, all right, two strikes. I don't want to stick around for the third one. But I, I maybe he just got caught up in the emotion of his first NFL victory. It was at home. He's from the area. I'm just going to give him a little leeway here. Yeah, and – you know, Ben, it's a, a whole lot to chew on what you said. And, um, I mean, I agree with you to a certain extent. Um, a lot of what we question about Dwayne Haskins is his work ethic. Is he locked in? Is he focused? Um, is he the guy to be an NFL type of quarterback versus a college quarterback where you can have a little bit of fun? You can be kind of, uh, you know, a little loosey-goosey and think, you know, Willie Beeman, I, you know, I should say. Uh, from any anybody who knows anything about uh, uh, what was that movie? Any given Sunday, and you know, steaming Willie Beeman, where he was a showboat kind of. You know, we, we're in a generation that kids love likes. They love 
uh, uh, to be in the social media's uh, eyes. It's not necessarily about uh, what really took place is what does it look like through the lenses of social media. Um, and so knowing Dwayne Haskins is a young guy who probably loves, you know, to get his followers up and, 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 and knows how many followers he has. I'm pretty sure he does. Um, when I was a young dude, I knew. Um, and so just knowing that, and like you said, Ben, knowing the background surrounding him, it's concerning because you, you know, you do say, man, you know, is this kid really locked in and focused on being the best quarterback he can be? Or does he just kind of want to be okay and, you know, and have a little fun and, you know, become a superstar, which is not bad. You know, um, you know numerous pro athletes have said, Hey, I'm more than just a basketball player. I'm more than just an athlete. And they try to, you know, get some of those other doors unlocked along the way. I would, I, I, I would caution him, and say, first, you got to master this craft. You know, those doors will open once you master this craft. You're, you're where you are because you can throw a football. Um, you can win football games. You're, 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 you're a damn good football player. None of those other doors will open until you, until you master this craft. Um, but for me, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't that bad because – you know, I always try to set, you know, try to put myself in that kid's situation. And I'd have, I'd have did the same thing. I mean, I think people have me on video. It was a big little thing. Um, you, know, I, you know, obviously it was a preseason game, but I'm in there taking pictures with fans. I'm not touching their cameras, but um, I'm taking pictures with them smiling, you know, and bartering a picture for a hot dog. And, you know, it was a big, big deal they made. Um, I think I think somebody made a big deal about it. Um, a couple years ago in the preseason game, I think me and, and Clint Portis, I think Carlos Rogers. So it was years ago. Um, but we were eating hot dogs, kind of hiding hot dogs, trying to barter them for pitchers. Um, and so, you know, things like that happen, man. These fans don't get an opportunity to really meet the players they love. And when you have a guy who's been hollering your name for three, four quarters sometimes, um, and you get that one opportunity that you feel like, man, let me go ahead and run up over here real quick. Because, you know, Ben, to Dwayne's point, I'm, I'm going to defend him for a second because in his eyes, he thought the game was over. So I didn't view it as he was lying at the press conference. I think he really thought the game was over. Yes, he knows, you know, now, obviously, or even then he probably knew that the game wasn't over. But I think he was more so answering it like, you know, when you took that selfie, did you know the game was over? Yeah, I thought the game was over when I took that selfie because I thought the game was over. It wasn't until, I, until later I found out that it wasn't over, that it was not over. And yeah, we'll learn from it because it could have been a lot worse. It could have been a third and one, you know, obviously it wouldn't, wouldn't have been a third and one out the timeout, but it could have been a whole different situation where they needed him particularly, not anybody to just go snap the ball and take a knee. Yeah, I guess for me, as long as he does learn from it and we do continue to see progress and it's not like all about him, he's self-centered or narcissistic because he's over there taking selfies, which I don't think that's the case. I'm going to give him a pass on this. Um, hopefully he does learn yeah. from it. Yeah, but even to Ben's point, his his nonchalant approach, because if I've, if, like I said, it's, it's something I would have done. But after the fact, after I got caught, after I found out, man, I messed this up. You know what I mean? You take responsibility. I messed up a moment for myself yeah. to take a knee in, in a jersey for the first time as a winning quarterback of the Washington Redskins, the team I grew up on, the team that drafted me. Because I missed that opportunity, I would have probably been a little bit more remorseful in it 
Not just like, yeah, you know, yeah, you know, I learned from it. Let me say that as an analyst or yeah. as a former player. Let him be as apologetic. Yes, I can't let my team down. I got caught up in the moment that fan had been hollering at me all game. Um, I wanted to share that experience with him, and I honestly thought the game was over. Man, was I stupid. It'll never happen again. Like, that's what you want to hear from your franchise, with who you think should be your franchise quarterback, right? Not, eh, you know, yeah, I thought, yeah, well, I'll, 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 I'll learn from it. We'll move on. The nonchalantness of, of kind of, you know, what transpired, I, I guess it would rub some people the wrong way. Yeah. Well, Ben Standig of The Athletic, you can follow him on Twitter, at Ben Standig. He's sticking around. He's going to be with us next episode. The Athletic is rolling out an all-decade Redskins team. Y'all, we're going back to 2009. Okay. What Do you think you're going to make the team? <laughs> What are you going to do know. if you're not on the oh, list, yeah, yeah. man? 2009? Oh, no, no. 2009, <laughs> I'm definitely on that list. I made Pro Bowls. I shut down some of the most elite receivers in the league from 2009 <laughs> to probably about 13, 12, something like that. So, Ben, I hope I'm on that list, man. Um, I'm, I'm not looking at the list. I'm looking at an article from Deadspin that's titled, D'Angelo Hall really, really wanted a hot dog. <laughs> so this will be my <laughs> <laughs> Okay, that's another yeah. tease. We'll get into that story. <laughs> Plus, the Redskins all-decade episode is coming up next. Hail to the pod. We'll see you then. On the hall. Out. Oh.